One size does not fit all, and choosing a quality incontinence product shouldn't be difficult. The expert incontinence coaches at Tenderheart Health Outcomes can help. Tenderheart Health Outcomes is the nation's leading incontinence management provider, and they offer individualized care plans and superior products to help meet your specific incontinence needs. Let Tenderheart Health Outcomes take the guesswork out of managing your incontinence so you can get back to living. Call Tenderheart Health Outcomes today at 1-877-394-1860. That's 1-877-394-1860. Welcome to Life Without Leaks, a podcast by the National Association for Continence. NAFC is America's leading advocate for people with bladder and bowel conditions with resources, connections to doctors, and a welcoming community of patients, physicians, and caregivers, all available at nafc.org. Welcome back to the second half of our conversation about men's incontinence issues. We're talking with Elise Fosnight, board-certified physician assistant specializing in sexual medicine, women's health, and urology, and she's also a medical advisor for Aeroflow Urology. So Elise, one of the things we haven't touched on yet is products that men might choose to control their symptoms. I know products are a first line of defense for a lot of men, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a little more about them and what they mean for people trying to manage their symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's really important to know what's out there. And most of the time, I think men think that they have to just reserve to, to pads. And that thinking about, well, what pads should I use um, or not use, right, is a, is the biggest thing. We tell this for, you know, a lot of times with women is, you know, menstrual pads are not the same as incontinence pads. The absorption rate is, is different. And so um, for, for men, um, because of the positioning of genitals, you want something that's going to have almost like a triangular shape versus an actual pad that's going to like sit in your underwear. And I want, I want a lot of my men to feel comfortable. So I like to start with um, an incontinence pad first that that can be really helpful they get to wear their own underwear it still feels like them it's you know something that just happens to be in their underwear that's catching catching the urine um if we're having spill over or that pad is just not able to catch all of that at once the other thing too that that is happening also for some um folks with like for the prostatectomy piece of it they if they had a little bit of bph right you can have prostate cancer and bph also. So if they had some BPH that was also going on with this prostate cancer and their, their bladder muscle was trying to squeeze more, um, to get past kind of this blockage, um, with that prostate, that bladder remembers, it doesn't like wake up from anesthesia and go, Oh, prostate's gone. I can calm down now. No, it's been trained over and over and over again for months or even sometimes for years. So you have to untrain that bladder to go, Hey, I don't have this blockage anymore. So it's a series of, um, holding the bladder a little bit longer, again, doing this pelvic floor muscle squeezes, um, being conscious of when you are going to the bathroom. But what can happen is some of my guys will say, you know, it's not, it's not just like a constant drip, right? Like the faucet that just wants to turn off. It's not just this constant drip, which happens a lot. But for some guys, it's this automatic like gush and flooding um, that happens. So you need a reservoir to catch a lot of that a lot quicker um, for some of these um, individuals. So more of incontinence underwear may be the thing that you would want to have for those individuals. So everybody's, you know, just a little bit different. And some folks too, are just like, you know, I just, I feel safer with having just a complete incontinence underwear. 
and, or again, maybe I just, I want, I want a, um, just a pad. I tend to tell people don't stack them. <laughs> don't put a, don't put the, the pad in the incontinence underwear because it, it will overflow. Things aren't going to catch like they, like they need to. The other thing that um, a lot of my guys have no idea is, is penile clamps. And it sounds a little bit more barbaric than than what what it actually is, but they're really soft, and they're a clamp that you can place over the end of the penis. They're really soft. They're usually made out of foam, but right, it collapses that urethra, and so that they it's trapping that urine kind of behind there. And then what they can do is they can go to the the restroom and unclamp that that device, and then they're their bladder will empty out uh, the urine that's in there. So again, another really good um, kind of device too. There are also, it's not just this clamp, but there are these little um, sticky pads too that you can place over the urethra also. So some people may not find that those clamps are, are comfortable. So there's this these sticky devices that you can use also. Um, there are condom catheters that some folks can use too. I tend to, the, the less that you can have in the genitals, the better better when it comes to equipment and devices. And the reason for that being is just infection, right? And we have to remember, I want this to be a, a, a bridge, a stepping stone. We don't necessarily want to use these products forever. So I have that clear expectations with my patients to begin with, right? We don't want to just rely on pads and then not have to do this. Obviously, I want to talk to my patients about what their goals are. That's so important too, in terms of, I, at least I don't ever want to wear pads ever. I'm like, okay, cool. How, how can we negotiate and get there together and figure and figure this out? Um, so again, because we, I don't want to train the, the bladder to just continue to squeeze or not be able to hold urine like it's designed, like it's designed to. So we have a lot of those conversations on, on again, what expectations are, what are goals for this? And that we want this to be as short as possible and, and recognizing too, if we get to a, a point where say they're only 50% continent, you know, at this, at this point, when is that incontinence happening? Why is that happening? And do we need to, again, throw in some more interventions or something else that's that's happening again whether we utilize a pelvic or physical therapist maybe this is an overactive bladder situation now right that potentially could happen two separate processes so that might be another type of intervention that we would want to to use whether it's um, medications um uh, water management drinking more water avoiding certain things that can irritate the um, irritate the bladder so one other area of management that i wanted to ask you about is less a matter of products or medications and things of that nature, but more about mindset and sort of your approach towards um, towards the condition from, from like an anxiety perspective also, and, and how much that plays into people's symptoms and how managing that and, and sort of controlling, trying to get some sort of a control over things like anxiety and worry and stress might be something that, that makes a difference for people as well. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I tend to find that a lot of my guys are, are anxious and anxious over a, a multitude of things. But then you start throwing on urinary stuff or urinary incontinence or not being able to find a bathroom when they're out in public just levels up this, this whole process. So with that, with that being said too, is when somebody starts to worry about 
when they're going to urinate or what's going to happen, they they tend to become socially withdrawn. They're not going out a lot of places. Um, we are social creatures, right? We love being around other people. It feeds us. It does calm us, um, although it can cause some anxiety too. But being being socially withdrawn can increase the mental health concerns. We have, we have lots of research that shows that too. Um, and incontinence definitely has a lot of barriers um, to that. Anxiety makes you hyper-focus. So there is this um, hyper-awareness of where's the bathroom? I better go now. I'm going to try to go before I have an incontinence episode. And so what happens is then we start training the bladder to, to have a different set point of when it fills uh, in the bladder of, okay, so my bladder typically would want to go to the bathroom and empty it out when there's 300 milliliters that are in there. So about 10 ounces, right? So, but if we start leaking at that amount, um, we're going to try to stop and go to the bathroom when our bladder is, has 250 mLs. So when that happens is our bladder then thinks, oh, 250 is now my capacity. I'm going to give cues and signals earlier to go to the bathroom. And then it's just this vicious cycle of you're constantly holding less and less in your bladder and going more and more and more, which is causing more and more anxiety. So again, just this kind of vicious anxiety cycle that's provoking you to go to the bathroom more frequently. Now, the other thing too, anxiety causes high tone pelvic floor. We have a, a, a lot of research now that directly correlates folks who have TMJ, who have anxiety, um, who have other stress disorders, that a lot of the stress and tension is now being held in those pelvic floor muscles, right? So those muscles clamp up, they clench. And when you go to the bathroom, you can't relax out those muscles enough for the bladder to squeeze the chooser muscle, empty out the bladder and be able to then fully evacuate um, that area too. And then it's just more urgency, more urinary symptoms, compiled on one another over and over and over again. And so that anxiety can continue to get worse and worse and worse. So it's not necessarily putting somebody on an anxiety medication. It's recognizing first and, and acknowledging it as well as validating it for that patient and saying, I, I see this pattern happening. Is this what you're, is this what you're feeling? Is this is what's happening? And so again, for, for patients that are listening, you know, recognizing that too is, Am I starting to make this a habit? Am I starting to see that my bladder is controlling my life and controlling where I go and what I do or what I'm avoiding? Because um, that's never never what we want to do. And being able to open up those, those questions. It's mind over matter, you know, a lot of times too. Mindfulness has been shown to really greatly decrease anxiety. And if you throw intentionality behind it, where you're saying, okay, I'm practicing mindfulness to have better control over my bladder, right? I usually tell people, I want you to have a focus, a focus of when you're doing your mindfulness practice, what are, what's that intention that you're setting for that? And if it is to have better control of your bladder, let's name it, let's, let's do it. And that way we can con continue to control it as well. I love that. That sounds great. And we also need to just get everybody to uh, keep calm and carry on to the bathroom poster that might help as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the way that I have have heard it from a lot of my patients is it's just this sudden right urgency. And they just know if they can't get there right then and there, it's this panic, right? Of where is the bathroom? Am I going to embarrass myself? Am I going to, you know, have an accident? Do I have a change of clothes with me? That's, you know, a lot of the frustration too with a lot of the patients that I talk with is 
I, I didn't bring a, a change of clothes or what happens or I, I just I I am going to miss work or I'm going to miss this event because of because of my incontinence. And I guess that's where being prepared with a product also can be particularly helpful. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, that actually brings us to, to to one last thing I wanted to ask you about is Aeroflow. You're the medical advisor to to Aeroflow Urology. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about who Aeroflow is and what they do and, and how they might be of uh, benefit to, to some of the listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. So Aeroflow is a company really geared t- towards healthcare. So it's not just, um, so you're, uh, to back up a little bit, Aeroflow is a bigger company and they do a lot of other things besides just um, urology. So they um, also help with um, breast pumps and that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of Aeroflow urology and what it actually does is they do a lot with catheter supplies, um, incontinence products, which are pads. Um, they have a lot of support for kiddos too, right? It's not just older adults um, or adults that have um, concerns with their, with their bladder. It's really everybody. Um, in terms of intermittent cathing, um, they have that, those products. They have longer term um, catheterization um, products. They also have um, protective pads that can be really helpful for somebody um, during the night too, um, during sleeping. Um, so that can be really helpful. I love that they have products too that help to uh, support the skin um, and breakdown. This is really important too when I talk to patients about wearing pads and protective underwear or whatever that looks like is that's a warm, moist area. And now if we don't change it enough, then we start talking about there can be skin breakdown that happens, urinary tract infections, so we want to make sure that we we at least keep that area as dry as possible. And for some folks, right, they have been maybe kind of governed by their pads all day long. They are just like, I just want to I want to sleep with no underwear, but I don't want to get my um, I don't have to change my sheets all the time. So having these kind of under pads or kind of chuck pads um, for bed can be really helpful. And Aeroflow has those. They have the skin barrier protectiveness. Um, they have special um, wipes um, to help clean. Um, as well. Um, and the other really thing that I love about Aeroflow is their, is their generosity. So they're going to try to work with patients as much as possible to get them the products that they need um, in, in a reasonable budget. I think that that's, you know, what we're looking at the, the world right now and things have gotten so expensive. You know, that's why people are wearing their, their incontinence pads or their underwear all day long, literally are so soaked to the point that it's so heavy um, that it's causing um, chafing onto the skin to um, because of that and just again so much skin breakdown so it's just um i i, I love their company i, I know i i'm a little biased because <laughs> i've been working with them um, for such a long time about three years now which is which is awesome um but i love again kind of just the generosity and the the overall awareness they're really trying hard every single day to bring awareness about urinary incontinence trying to normalize it in the fact that this this isn't something that is should be embarrassed. There should be no shame around it um, as well. Um, but we know that we know that there is. So having conversations like this and being able to partner with you all to be able to get this information out is so key and so vital to again bringing aware, awareness about it, knowing that you're not alone, and that there are things that you can do to make it better. So to to take advantage of the products and, and solutions that Aeroflow makes available, do you have to? Uh be a, a Medicare um, recipient or have a prescription or anything like that? Or can it, or is it just for anybody can go online and, and order these products? 
So not everybody can go online. A lot of times you're going to need to have um, a prescription from a, a medical provider. And a lot of times Aeroflow will have the form ready to go for you to fill out. What does this person need? Why do they need it? How many do they, do they need? And so a lot of times um, people are then kind of governed by their insurance. Um, they're restricted. You know, you can only have um, two catheters a day, which is just ridiculous. But anyways, they're, um, they're sometimes um, are confined to, to what the insurance company says to them. So Aeroflow tries to go in and, and talk with the patients, meet them where they're, where they're at. Um, what are the things that we can potentially do? Um, is this, um, uh, what is it, FSA or HSA eligible? Is there other ways that we can, can get um, you to, to pay for this? Medicare is pretty good, um, but Blue Cross Blue Shield and other commercial insurances are going to be really, really good too. There's not, from what I have found, there's not a whole lot of pushback. And as long as they have a provider's reasoning. So I have, um, I had a patient who was self-cathing um, six times a day. And their insurance company would only let them have four catheters. And so guess what? They were starting to reuse them and getting urinary tract infections. So once I wrote a very lovely letter to the insurance company saying, look, this person really does need to have these supplies. And here's the reason why I didn't get any pushback. But sometimes us as, as healthcare providers have to go a little bit of that extra mile to be able to support our patients in, in writing those letters of support and making sure that they're getting the supplies that they need. Now, a lot of times healthcare providers don't always ask that. So if you're a healthcare provider listening to this, please ask your patients, do you feel like you have enough supplies? And if you are a patient, I want you to think about that. Am I getting enough supplies? Do I really have everything that I need? And if I could have more supplies, how much do I need? What else do I need? And then would encourage folks to go on the Aeroflow Urology website. They do have a listing of all their supplies and products on there. And so you can kind of um, browse and then send your, your provider a message and go, hey, the next time that we, we have an appointment, can we talk about increasing my supplies? I was looking on the website and saw that they also have this. Is that something that we can, can look at too? I love that fact that Aeroflow has a variety of products um, and products for, for a lot of folks to use and that they're getting insurance to cover a lot of these things as well. Excellent. And the website is aeroflowurology.com. That's A-E-R-O-F-L-O-W-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And we're going to put a link in the show notes as well. Um, so anybody who, who wants to go and take a look, because there really does, uh, there really is a, a nice variety of products there. The website itself is super intuitive and easy to use. So anybody who who may be you know, a potential um, user of these products, I do encourage you to go and check it out because it, it, it's definitely worth worthwhile. Well, Elise, I want to thank you for joining us today. This was really interesting and more, it was really important. And I'm hoping that 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 the men who are listening to, to this will recognize that there really are options out there to help treat their symptoms, that they are not forgotten and they are not unappreciated when it comes to recognizing that this is a real issue that really needs to be addressed. So thank you for your expertise and your time and everything you've offered. Oh, it has been absolutely my pleasure. And the more information and education that we can get out there and more awareness um, about um, really important topics like urinary incontinence, especially with a, a male focus is, is so, so key. So I am so happy to, to be here as well. And thank you so much for letting me share what I have learned um, over the past uh, 12 years. Life Without Leaks has been brought to you by the National Association for Continents. Our music is Rainbows by Kevin McLeod.
More information about NAFC is available online at nafc.org.